Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer, and today we're talking about the recall of California Governor Gavin Newsom. On Wednesday, recall organizers turned in the signatures to put the recall on the ballot, starting a months-long effort to remove Newsom from office. It could be early fall before we actually get to vote on the recall. And there's a lot of obstacles in the way and a lot of other factors to consider before we get there. Joining me today to try and make sense of all this is Joshua Spivak. He's a senior fellow at the Hugh Carey Institute for Government Reform at Wagner College and a stone cold recall nerd. And I use that term with love and respect. For more than a decade, he's charted recalls all over the country and he's got all kinds of stats and perspectives to share. And now, Let's nerd out about recalls in our conversation with Joshua Spivak. Joshua Spivak, from your home in the East Bay to my home in the East Bay in Oakland, welcome to It's All Political. Hi, glad to be on. Well, thanks for being here. I, I wanted you on. We had, we chatted the other day for a story in the Chronicle, and uh, you are, have become sort of a, a, a recallologist. You uh, have run this recall blog for about a about a decade or so now, right? Uh, just over a decade last week. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, right. C- congratulations. Was that, did we miss an anniversary party or anything? Uh, or? I, I guess I had that. I had a post, so that was something. That's, that's, that's what constitutes a party these yeah. days. Um, so before we dive into the recall weeds here, tell everybody a little bit about how you got into this. Your, uh, your recall blog origin story, if you will. Okay, so I started, my first interest with the recall was uh, just following it in 1995, the uh, California State Assembly recalls. There were three, and they were of great interest surrounding Willie Brown's speakership uh, and how Willie Brown managed to keep the speakership for a time, even though he did not have a majority of the vote anymore because uh, the Republicans did well in 94. Uh, and I saw an article, then I was working on my master's thesis, and I saw an article on uh, on state legislative recalls, and it had a, a footnote that said there hadn't been a book written on the recalls since 1971. Actually, I don't know if that's true. It probably was much longer. And so I wrote my master's thesis on the subject, focusing on California, uh, California's legislature, actually. So then uh, I kept up with it. That was in the 90s. And uh, over the years, by the time of 2011, uh, I was, of course, traditionally very late to the the blogging game. And I decided, well, why don't I put in a blog? Uh, Because there was a lot more interest with Scott Walker. There was interest with a Miami mayor facing a recall at the time. There was somebody in Arizona, somebody in Michigan. And so after that, I just kept it up and figured, let's try to compile data on the recall and try to explain the origins and explain how the recall works. Uh, There is no data, or there wasn't before then, that was really uh, up-to-date and and regular and kept up. Now there's there's me and there's also a site called Ballotpedia, who I have worked with and talked to. And, uh, you know, between us, I think we're covering the recall waterfront. Yeah. God bless you for for nerding out on on recalls like this because it's a, I, I commend the blog to our, our listeners as we go forward for the next several months because uh, uh, Josh is, is keeping up on all this stuff because there are nationally there are hundreds of recalls every year. I mean here in California we we know of a few over the years and of course the 2003 
a gubernatorial recall, but give us a scope of annually how many recalls there are in the United States that that you're keeping up with. So there's usually somewhere between three and 450, 450 or so recall attempts each year. And Mm -hmm. somewhere last year was really bad uh, because of the, the COVID and the shutdown and the prevention of getting signatures. So only 80 got to the ballot or resulted in a resignation. The most I've tracked was 2012, where 168 resulted in either an election or a resignation. 108 of those, I think, were actually went to the ballot. Uh, so, And you told me that, that when we were talking the other day, you said many of those were, were uh, pandemic-related, the the, the uh recall efforts last year and give us give us a, a scope of how many were successful and uh, what for. Okay, so that actually is interesting. So only two of them got to the ballot, plus there were a few other uh, resignations. Uh, one was a a recall against a, state, a uh, school board member in Idaho, and one was a recall against an Oregon city mayor, and that, that person was actually opposed to the shutdowns. So he was the opposite side of the coin. He was opposed to masking. Masking and shutdown and every, like, he was very, he was definitely on the right side of the aisle and he lost. What's actually interesting and maybe pretty revealing for where we're going here, uh, there were four, there were actually seven recall votes last Tuesday in Idaho. Six of them were around recalls. Five of them were school board members. Uh, One of them was a mayor and maybe it was, COVID, maybe it wasn't. The others were clearly about uh, learning and shutdowns. And Idaho is, of course, the exact opposite of California. California voted for Joe Biden 29%. Idaho voted for Trump 30%. You know, everything, if you look at the Idaho, it's as Republican as California is Democratic. And all of those, all of those members won their race. None were tossed out. So, you do wonder when you're looking at like little data like that, does that affect, should that be uh, coming into the calculus? And maybe the COVID and the pandemic is already fading in people's electoral memory. That's a, a good point. We, and we talked about this uh, for, for, for the column uh, the other day was that, uh, and, and we'll get to that in a minute about, about memories fading. Um, because California is one of only 20 states that allows a gubernatorial recall. Um, and these things are, are fairly rare, correct? So it actually may only be 19. It's not even clear. And so it's difficult. Uh, so there, the amount, there's only been three that have gone to the ballot. One in 1921 against uh, North Dakota Governor Lynn Frazier. One Gray Davis. One Scott Walker in 2012 in Wisconsin. And there was a fourth one. Uh, Evan Meacham in Arizona in 1988, who re- who was impeached and removed the day the recall was approved and verified. Uh, so other than that, it, it rarely happens. It rarely happens on the legislative level, the state legislative level. There's only been, I think, 39, uh, you know, and 13 of them were in Wisconsin in two years, in 2011 and 12. <laughs> I hope my in-laws are listening to this. Okay. Um, what what is the success ratio of of a recall? Like in the gubernatorial level, you said there's been four. Uh, remind us of how many of those were successful. So of those of the three that went to a vote, two 
uh, two were successful and one wasn't. The last one, the Scott Walker one, wasn't. Recalls generally are very successful. They're about 60% result in removal, about another 5 to 7% result in resignation. Uh, and you've got to compare that to the um, usual re-election rate for a candidate, and that's probably somewhere around 75 to 85%. There's no you know, solid number. There's too many positions throughout the country. So, you know, that's a complete reversal. I actually think California has a much higher removal rate because possibly because of the the way the ballot is situated in California. In other states, Wisconsin notably, it's a new election, effectively. You know, Scott Walker ran against Tom Barrett again, the same guy who he beat in 2010. But Gray Davis and Gavin Newsom and others, Josh Newman, uh, they run against themselves. It's a yes or no vote. And then the replacement race is separate. So from what I've seen, and I haven't really put all the numbers together over the last 10 years, I think it's closer to 75 percent in California. Have been successful. Yeah. Okay. Let's. uh, So this week uh, we're recording this right before the the deadline to hand in signatures. But organizers say they're going to turn in close to two million signatures. They need about one point four million to be uh, legit signatures. Uh, But this is going to take a while. This is going to the secretary of uh, the 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 county uh, uh, registrars need to verify them. The secretary of state needs to verify them. That's going to take about a month or so. Then Newsom's camp will get to try something called the strike law. Josh, what is that and how often does that work? So that's a new procedure that was put in place in 2017 uh, for the Josh Newman recall. Now, other st- other places have it. Nevada has it, actually. Uh, and basically, New- uh, Newsom and his team could try to get signatures saying we want to remove our name from that petition. And that you know, will that work? It's it's very hard to say. Part of the, the reason it was put in place was to delay that recall so that it would take place on the same day as a primary. That didn't work at all. Newman lost, uh, even though he's come back and won. Um, yeah. But what happened was in 2017, there was a separate recall in Newport Beach, and a city councilman actually managed to get his recall kicked off the ballot because of that. He got uh, 200 or so signatures that were, he got more than that, but he got 200 or so that counted in removing the people's names, and that lowered it enough, the threshold enough, that he his recall was canceled. So walk us through, like, logistically, the, the Newsom camp would, would basically call, you know, uh, go to someone's name, uh, Joshua Spivak, you said you signed a, you, uh, a, a petition that uh, said that you wanted to re- recall Gavin Newsom. Are you sure? That you want to do that is that is that really the way? How does this logistically work, and and what's the what's the risk reward on this? Well, I'm not sure if they're actually able to get the names at that point of all the signers. I don't think they are. Uh, actually, Josh Newman just proposed a law that would allow them to get some of the names, not for this recall, but for future recalls. It wouldn't have any effect here, and there's all types of privacy issues. Yeah, but I think they may just go out broadly to try to get signatures canceled. Uh, I think that's what happened in Newport Beach, and, and maybe uh, you get lucky. And in, in some ways, it's also a show of strength. So let's say uh, Gavin Newsom gets a million signatures in 30 days. 
that feels like a pretty strong result. And maybe that sort of lets people know, hey, there are, there's a great opposition to this. It also gets you out there and it kind of lets you build up an email sheet. It, it lets you build up a whole group to contact to make sure all those people go to the ballot. So I'm not sure how it would work in practice in terms of just the removal part, but it certainly has a, its logic for a political campaign. But doesn't what Republicans could say, hey, uh, Newsom, you're just trying to thwart the will of the people. We have uh, the law of the state says that we can recall the governor and you're just trying to piss all over democracy. Uh, they probably won't use that phrase, but this is the new law, right? So the law is the law. I, I, you know, I'm not sure that it's th- this has actually always been discussed uh, back in the early days of the recall. They discussed whether they should have this provision or not. So I don't know that it makes too much of a difference in, in a real way. You know, okay, you you're allowed to collect the signatures. I'm allowed to run a counter campaign to get them knocked off. I don't know that that should upset people too much. Uh, it okay. seems pretty straightforward. Okay, but then again, that's just me. <laughs> so we'll return with more of our conversation with Joshua Spivak after this short break. And now here's more of our conversation about recalls with Joshua Spivak. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, money because this, this is politics and and so much of it is about money. This is the um, it's a, a very interesting campaign laws around recalls. The person who is the object of the recall, in this case, Governor Newsom, can raise as much as he wants, correct? But the but the challengers uh, are limited to I think it's thirty two thousand dollars per individual. But the, and, and help me out if I'm, I'm from uh, misstating this, but the, uh, the campaign itself, let's say the, the vote no on Gavin Newsom, can raise as much as it wants. Is that accurate? Right. So what it is, is there are two separate provisions. There are two separate uh, elections happening. So the recall law is actually considered a ballot measure, like an initiative. And right. that race is unlimited funds. And so that's what Gavin Newsom is is running for. And that's what the other, the uh, Rescue California and anyone who's opposed to Gavin Newsom would be donating for. The second part of the ballot is the replacement race, where we may see, who knows, and last time we saw 135 candidates uh, this time. Oh, oh, I, I, believe me, I, I covered that one. And I, I was covering uh, candidates uh, from uh, number three on to 135. So right. I, <laughs> the, the freak beat, is, I, think, I think we call it. So we'll, we'll see that. So those people are limited because that is a regular election. And that faces all of this, the regular election laws uh, in terms of campaign finance. So that's the, the real divide. So Gavin Newsom and the anti-Gavin Newsom forces could just go to town. But the other guys, but any replacement race is limited by the usual, what we would think of as a regular election. What if uh, let's let's compare this a little bit to the 2003 recall of uh, Governor Gray Davis, Democrat here in California. Of course, much has changed in California politics since then. The the there's uh, twice as many registered uh, Democrats now as Republicans. Uh, there are no statewide uh, Republican office holders. Um, the, uh, there, there's a supermajority in the legislature. It, it, this is a, one of the bluest states in the country. 
Uh, and 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 uh, Newsom has a lot of support among the base. We see every day we have uh, we've had uh, black political leaders, we've had LGBTQ political leaders come out and and in support of him. Um, what is the, are there any similarities between now what's about to we're about to launch into and 2003? And, and are there any other differences? Well, there's there's a lot of differences. I mean, the similarities. I think they're a little less uh, than than you might think. Usually, just because it's the same state, um, you know, it, it doesn't seem it doesn't have the same feel. I would think that there's there's this big circus there. You know, there is a big issue. There was a in two thousand three. There was an underlying issue here. There's an underlying issue, uh, and that one was the blackouts. This one was COVID. I don't know that he would get the same blowback for it. Uh, the bigger problem is for the Republicans is the state has turned much more Democratic over the years. So just for some stats here, Gavin Newsom won election in 2002 with 47 percent of the vote. And not Gavin, sorry, Gray Davis Gray won Davis, with, 2000, yeah. with uh, 47 percent of the vote. And he lost the recall with 44 percent. Uh, John Kerry in 2004 won the state by about 10 percent. Uh, Gavin Newsom won with 62% of the vote and he, and Joe Biden won 29%. So it's a much more democratic state. Gavin Newsom, uh, Gray Davis was already three points behind from that recall race. Uh, also, uh, Gray Davis, he engendered a lot of opposition because of the Republican primary in 2002. He kind of got involved help pick his own candidate, uh, a more right-wing candidate. You know, he, he there's a special term for that, uh, but uh, he got it. Go uh, ahead. You can say the term. <laughs> uh, he got involved in that. And then the end result was, uh, you know, maybe that insult, maybe that upset people. Uh, Gavin Newsom doesn't have the same issues. So, you know, not that that will necessarily help out at the end of the day, but right now that's a big issue. And and, and yeah, and and Dave, uh, as they said, Dave, uh, Newsom has a, a, a larger well of support uh, among the base. Now, one thing that also hurt Gray Davis, this was a, a factor, was you know you had the recall question, but then you had the replacement candidates. Uh, there, uh, uh, sort of later in the game, his there were there were no major Democrats in the race, office holders until. Uh, his lieutenant governor, Cruz Bustamante, jumped in and uh, reported this in, in the Chronicle that, you know, he, uh, Latino voters moved to him. He would have been the, the first uh, Latino uh, governor of the state. Um, and he was, uh, it would have been a, uh, and he and he sort of gave voters the impression that, well, okay, maybe we want to, for Democratic voters, we might not have Gray Davis, but at least there's this uh, other Democrat running. I'll, I'll uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll split the split the difference here. I'll vote to recall Davis. I didn't really like him, and I'll vote for Cruz Bustamante. The problem is, Cruz only got about thirty-one percent of the vote. So far, we have not seen a a a, a, a Democrat emerge here uh, against uh, Newsom. How how key is that to uh, his fortunes? And I'm not sure how key it is, but I think it's a it's a wise political decision to avoid avoid confusing people. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, there have been cases where the, the person is replaced by their own party, though I don't know that I've seen it in a one day election. Uh, 
but th- there was one in 2011 in Michigan that that the the election was months later and the replacement was also a Republican. Uh, so it's not it's not necessarily the best move. It, I think it really confuses people and it it says, hey, you know, why don't we just have a different Democrat then? So I think they're right, right to do that. Uh, they did that in, in Colorado. It actually failed, but maybe that helped them. The Democrats in 2013 faced recalls and they did not put up candidates. So there was only one guy, uh, only a Republican and the Republicans won. But by the same token, then those people got knocked out the next time. Both of those candidates lost their their next election. So maybe this helps out in the longer run in 2022, which is right around the corner. Uh, even if you win, you'll just be considered a uh, a fake candidate, a fake uh, a fake governor, an illegitimate governor in that way. In some to some people, yes. And then um, uh, speaking of, we we talked about this the other day. Was that um, and you alluded to it earlier in our conversation today. You know, by the time this does get on the ballot in November, uh, California, if we maintain the, on the same trajectory, and that's somewhat of a dangerous thing to say after the last year, but uh, more people will be getting the vaccine, more kids will be back into school, uh, more uh, the, the economy will have uh, come back, we hope. We're already starting to see uh, restaurants and businesses reopen uh, and, and, and with greater capacity. Um, would this take kind of the vinegar out of uh, the 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 recall or the the certainly the people's desire to get rid of Newsom in that you may be feeling one way right now your kids are at home your business is closed but in in November uh, would you you know things have changed would 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 you get the sense that things might be a little bit different yeah I think that will make a gigantic difference and I think they're the Democrats are right to hope that this gets pushed off a bit and they have. Uh, you know, just because of the law, if this was held in 60 to 80 days, maybe it's a different story than if it's held in October, which it will be because of the different uh, requirements. Because of the, the strike law makes a big difference. It adds another month right there. And then then there's another month due to financing issues. So all of this could help push the recall off. And just the longer, the further away you are from why the recall is taking place, the better. We also uh, got a sort of a glimpse of this yesterday uh, when we're recording this, is uh, this race does have national implications. Newsom was on uh, an MSNBC program, the Joy Reid Show, and he was asked, uh, if Dianne Feinstein were to retire before her term ends in 2024, would you pick a, a, a black woman to replace her? And he said, yes, absolutely. We have a list of names. So this, I mean, if, but if, of course, if there was not, uh, if there was a Republican governor, uh, there would be no, uh, <laughs> there, there would be no Democratic, no Democrat chosen to replace uh, Feinstein if she were to uh, retire or not be able to complete her term. She's 87 years old, for a reminder. Um, uh, what, uh, what are the national implications here of, uh, of this? That, that, all, that seems to be the, the one major national implication uh, you know, and how long would that be? Because she, there would be an election soon. Maybe, well, maybe not. Maybe there wouldn't be an election until 2024 yeah, then, four. Yeah. uh, if that's the case. So, uh, it, it's not clear, uh, if that would work. I think part of this is one of Newsom's, Newsom's possibly the best strategy is to make this into a partisan election. He's got the advantage that way. So let's make this as partisan and as clear as possible. 
that this is about Diane Feinstein. It also helps raise funds from outside. Uh, who's going to replace? Who's going to be the next senator from California? If we have a Republican there, the Democrats suddenly lose the Senate. So let's make this as partisan and clear as possible. Feinstein actually is an interesting person to bring up because in 1983 yes. she faced a recall, and she she leaned into it uh, in in a very smart way. And one of the things that she did was she ran the campaign was not focused on partisan issues or on issues at all. It was focused on uh, that the recall was a waste of money. And that worked brilliantly for her. Normally, every single recall campaign uses that that strategy. That's the first time I've seen it work like so brilliantly. I mean, it it worked also in Omaha in an Omaha mayor's race in 2011, uh, where the guy just won. But that's, you know, it could be that that's maybe the strategy he should go for. Maybe it's just the pure, go with the, the, the thing that makes the most sense. Uh, the other thing about Feinstein and actually about Jeff Denham, who won in, who beat back a recall in 2008. Uh, Jeff Denham, former uh, Republican congressman, before that, the uh, former Republican member of the uh, state assembly. Right. Uh, state Senate, right? Uh, state Senate, I'm yes. sorry. Yes. So he... Uh, you know, after they won their recalls, they managed to uh, move up. Uh, Diane Feinstein beats her recall, and suddenly she's on the short list for vice president. Uh, Jeff Denham's in Congress. Lynn Frazier, that governor who lost in 1921, in 1922, he's elected to the first of three terms in the U.S. Senate. So a recall could be an advantage here for Newsom. And, you know, if he wins by a lot, who's going to be challenging him in 2022. Uh, this is actually, so there's a big question here for the Republicans. Uh, it's it's a Bob Dylan quote off here. Uh, they're saying, you know, when you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. We're, we're all down and out in California. What help, What hope do we have? But there's another thought uh, that, uh, you know, when you think you've lost everything, you could always find out you lose, you can lose a little more. Uh, so sounds like a sad Broadway sh- uh, show tune there. Well, no, that's, that's Bob Dylan also. They're both yes, Bob yes, Dylan. yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, it's when you find, uh, anyway, so they did pretty decently in 2020 compared to what they've been doing up till now. They won a few seats. Uh, if they're turned off by getting crushed in a, in a gubernatorial recall, will that cost them down the ballot? And I don't know that anyone's thinking of that, but maybe they should have. Maybe that's something to consider. Right. Joshua, thank you so much for, for nerding out uh, with us on the on the recall stuff. I'm sure we'll be talking more as this goes forward. Uh, the blog is called The Recall Blog. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. I'd like to thank you all for listening and hope that you and your families are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank Josh for joining us today. I'd like to thank the king, King Kaufman for producing today's episode. And a shout out for our fabulous theme music, that's Cattle Call, written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Song. And remember, no matter if you're trying to boot someone out of office in South Dakota or Wisconsin or California, it's all political. <laughs>